Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak Podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page, as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a wonderful week. Um, again, I start every episode off with, I'm sorry that we're so late in getting a podcast episode out. This has been a really busy month. We've been very active in doing human things mm-hmm. as well as with dogs. So we apologize for the delay. But hey, we're here. Britt's here. She's got her coffee going. We are here. It's early afternoon. So there's no drinking. Nobody's sleepy. Well, speak for yourself. Okay. Well, so we're going to try to get a good episode in today, and hopefully we'll get back on track. Uh, we got some exciting things coming up with um, some episode ideas. Uh, we've heard from a few of our listeners uh, with some ideas, and it's been great, and we really, really appreciate that. Uh, we have not been on since we were in Boston. Actually, I say Boston. We really went to Salem, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. Andover, and it was a really great trip. Probably one of the best things I saw there. And Britt and I both were kind of like, oh, that's amazing. Um, we were in this little town. I don't even remember. It was a little harbor town. Rockport. No, this is a different one where the German Shepherd oh, yeah. was walking down the sidewalk with its owner. No leash. No shock collar. No remote control anything. This dog just knew how to behave. It was a thing of beauty, really. It was so pretty. And I really wanted to run and take pictures, uh, but I decided that I should not be working on my vacation. But it was very impressive. And I thought, you know, I just really wish more people would work their dog enough to have that kind of control. And the dog was not in a perfect heel. It wasn't sitting there working with their owner in fear. The dog was a couple of feet ahead, was just navigating everything perfectly. It was beautiful. Yeah. Very in tune with the owner when she stopped and was looking at something and he came back. And it was a little bitty, I mean, it was a little town, it small little roads and little shops and it was really cute and it wasn't super busy, but it was just really nice to see that. Mm-hmm. I would really love to, I'd love that for people, and I, and I know that people up north do work their dogs a little differently than people in the south. Um, I would say that the majority of the dogs that we saw up north walking were walking nicely with their owners. Um, very, very loose leash. Um, in all these little towns and, and areas that we saw, it was really nice. Uh, and maybe it's just because the weather's better and they get out more. That should be it. Not as hot. But it was just nice to see that they really had some dogs that were really good. I didn't really see any dogs that were lunging or pulling or barking. 
they were all really good. So I, I, I really want people to see that you can have that enjoyment with your dog. If you put in a little work, most dogs can enjoy environments like that. Um, not all dogs are going to enjoy that environment. Yeah, I can see that not working for Isabella. Yeah, so, you know, with Isabella's our little border collie mix. Off-leash, anyway. Well, I think even on-leash, I think it would stress her out. Being that a lot of the herding breeds, being that they are the chaos coordinators, uh, they got to have everything kind of in order. It's, um, I think something like that, that type of environment would be a little too much because they're seeing the cars, they're seeing the bicycles, they're seeing people, and they're like, I got to put all these parts in one area. Mm-hmm. So I think it could be a little stressful. Which is why when I'm looking at getting another dog, I am really looking very deep into breed genetics so that I find that dog that can handle those things. I want a dog that can go on vacation with me, that can be carried around or be pushed in a stroller or can walk nicely um, in crowds. I want that. Right. Right. So, um studying more in these genetics, I'm kind of freaking out on what my next dog's going to be. <laughs> so you haven't decided yet, huh? No, and I'm I'm still torn about a Rottweiler, but you know, you can't carry those things and you can't put them in a stroller. I mean, have you, them. <laughs> you might could. I mean, I guess I could do two. Somebody said, well, why just can't you get two dogs? I guess I could get the Rottweiler, teach it to pull a cart and put the small dog in the cart. That seems like a lot of work. Does seem like a lot of work. <laughs> I said I really only want two dogs in this house, and right now we still have two dogs. We've had three, down to two. Jake's still kicking it. Bless him. He's chilling. He is chilling. And Isabella, Isabella had her first party, Halloween party, this past weekend. She had a good time. She handled it well. She did handle it well. It wasn't huge. Probably only had about 10, 12 people. Uh, it was small. It was nice. We had doors open. She was able to go in and out of the backyard. Um, she had a good time. I was really proud of her. I was too, because that can be overwhelming too. You know, when we talk about the genetics, it can be overwhelming for um, a herding breed to have that many people coming and going and moving around. Yeah. So some dogs actually would do better being put away at gatherings. Even if they're friendly and outgoing, it can still be overwhelming. So you really need to understand your dog and, and even the genetic needs of it. I think I was uh, mostly impressed she didn't counter surf. She did not counter surf and she limited her jumping. It was. We had a little um, four year old. What was he? Three or four? Three. His little ringmaster. So cute. And she was a little unsure because he was right at her height. He was a little unsure too. Yes. Yeah. She's a big dog for him. For him, yes. <laughs> yeah, all 25 pounds of her. Um, but she did really well with him. She did a good job at, I think, removing herself when mm-hmm. she needed to. And, and one time I caught her sitting out on her ottoman. When everybody was out there and somebody was actually sitting on her ottoman and she just got up behind them and she's like, sorry, this is my seat. I'm going to lay here because I need to rest. <laughs> That's my blanket on the ottoman. And then she slept all day yesterday, yeah. which was great because we were gone all day yesterday. So, yeah. So anyway, that's just kind of throwing some things out there. Oh, one more thing that I forgot to mention from our trip up north. We met some uh, couple of ladies at a bar. Um, and I got a shout out to them. They're from Pennsylvania. And uh, they gave me a great idea for a t-shirt. And I have thrown it out to a couple of my clients. And they love it. Some probably would not wear it. Not to be divulged yet. Am I not going to get to say no, it yet? not yet. 
Really? No. Dang it. It's a surprise. Y'all, it's gonna I think it's gonna be really good. So those new shirts, hopefully we'll get those going before the year out. Maybe by Christmas time we can have them ready to go so y'all can buy them as Christmas presents <laughs> for yourself. And maybe we'll give one away. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good idea. Well, maybe do that. Maybe we'll do like a a Christmas package and we'll do a contest. Oh yeah. Anyway, it's gonna be a really cool shirt. It's going to be a dog speak shirt, but it's going to be a cool shirt. So thanks to the ladies from Pennsylvania. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So, and if those ladies from Pennsylvania, if you listen to the podcast, I gave you my card. If you're listening to the podcast, shoot us an email. And once those shirts are done, I'll send you guys a free one <laughs> because you came up with the idea. So thank you for that. So, all right. So today. What are we talking about? I want to talk about... Um, dog parks and um i think a lot of people are going to probably cringe you either cringe when somebody says dog park or you're like oh love the dog park i really think you're kind of a lot of people are one of the yeah brit is cringing cringing yeah thinking about the dog park tell me what your your issue is with the dog park um it's always made me nervous just confrontation in general which happens at dog parks between humans and dogs uh, that is true I think, I think i just generally limit my uh my crowd involvement is that yeah no i think if, if you're an introvert that might be overwhelming for you yeah it's too much chaos because we've already talked about you're like a border collie mm-hmm. and then you know isabella doesn't particularly enjoy being around a lot of other dogs um so it's tough on her it's tough to take her she seemed to enjoy it a little bit more as a puppy but as she's but it was more about uh going and meeting humans she does yeah she was she definitely go, much more to the humans she stayed mostly with the other owners of other dogs yeah um even though she was socialized a lot with other dogs growing up she's still pretty limited and only playing with a small amount at a time. And they have to be the right dog. Mm -hmm. And she does show some really bad bully behavior with some dogs, uh, mainly because of the genetics of that uh, chaos coordinator and overwhelming. And, but we just know she just, she's not a dog park dog. uh, Unless she wants to meet a friend there and it's one or two Mm -hmm. other dogs. Right. She does okay. Yeah. There are a lot of people that love dog parks, and there are a lot of people that hate dog parks. Um, I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about the pros and cons, um, but I really want to get into, is the dog park right for every dog, for your dog? Um, because I think that, I think people use it incorrectly, mm-hmm. and I don't think every dog really is going to enjoy it. So... I do think that the pros of having a fenced-in area safe for dogs to run free, great. I think socializing with dogs can be great. Um, I think if you're an educated owner on dog communication, if you've done our communication seminar, then it'll probably be a better trip for you. Um, Because if you understand what dogs are saying and communicating, you might feel a little more comfortable. Right. Right. 
And then you can kind of, but you have to watch and know when owners don't know what they're doing or when dogs are not communicating well. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've got, um, basically when I tell people, if you're going to go to the dog park, the best thing to do is watch the players in there and the humans in there for like five minutes before you ever decide to put your dog in. Because that will give you an idea of, are there bully dogs in there? Is there a dog in there that my dog would not get along with? Right? I like using dog parks for training, but I use the outside of the park. So like if I'm working on a dog who maybe has some reactivity around other dogs, or a dog that uh, just needs to learn leash manners around other dogs, a dog park's a great place to practice outside the dog park. Yeah. Right. So you can use the dogs that are inside and practice with your dog on the outside. Because the great thing about that is that if your dog is a barking dog on a leash and you can, you can work on it without anybody looking at you wishing your dog would stop barking. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares about the barking. So I think it allows humans to not be embarrassed of their dog's behavior as much as if they were, say, at Home Depot. Right. Right. I think cons to the dog park, obviously, are there. Not every dog is going to be social with every dog. Not every dog knows how to play. And, of course, the humans are uneducated. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of like a dog daycare that doesn't have trained staff. Yeah, I'd much rather you go take your dog to a daycare Where they that has a trained staff sort of member. coordinate the groups and know what's going to work. And- right, the right play styles, um, play preferences, sizes, energy levels. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, there's not a ton of those around. There are some dog parks, though, that I think in other states, there are these dog, there's some dog parks that actually have a very large fenced-in area, and I'm talking acres, mm. oh, and it's wow. wooded. They've got, got you know waterway on there, or, or a pond, or a lake, or and trails, mm-hmm. and then some open area. So I think it, it's a great thing to do to take your dog and allow this openness. So they're not really going there to play with the dogs, but they're going to have an outdoor adventure. Oh, okay. And they can be off leash. And they can be off leash, and it's safe because it's fenced in. Right. It's twenty something acres. Right. So if your dog runs, just know that they're going to be staying in that area. So you don't have to freak out. Um, I imagine you got to have some control. Uh, Where is one of these? Um, I don't know. Oh, okay. But I have heard of them. (laughs) Um, And, and I've, uh, in it's, it was in passing when I heard it, uh, but probably should do a little research and see. Yeah. Because I think it's really, uh, so many people want to take their dogs hiking and go do things, but they're afraid, right? They get in these these trails or these, you know, large walking path and, and it's just this nice openness and they want their dog to have more mm-hmm. freedom, but they're scared to do so. Yeah, you can't exactly, well, and then having a dog off leash on a trail is not, a, I mean, it's against the rules are against the law in some places. So, I mean, <laughs> yes, you can't. Obviously. It's not like I can go to Montgomery Bell and let Isabella off on a trail. Like, she right. has to be leashed up. Leashed. The signs are there. Leash your dogs. Yeah. But I think that if we can, you know, and if we if we have any investors that want to invest in this idea, <laughs> we can find an area. Um, I have a great we're, idea for a, we're out a doggy resort. In the middle of nowhere. We That's right. Um, but I think it, it's, I think it's really good 
those type of dog parks are good. And I don't know if you'd even call it a dog park. I mean, I guess it's 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 a park. It's got trails and and mm-hmm. hiking, and it's a park. It's not the traditional open vastness of no trees. There's right. a few benches, uh, and the dogs just run free. Right. Okay. So there are some really great dog parks if they're a real type of a park environment. Mm-hmm. But today I want to talk about really just a normal of what we know is a dog park, this openness. And I want to talk about that there's there's really more important things that you can do and more enriching for your dog than taking them to the dog park. I know some people that live in apartments, live in condos, that they come home from work, they change clothes, they get their dog, and they go to the dog park every day because they want the dog to run. Right. So... I I appreciate them wanting to meet their dog's physical needs. However, I've seen a lot of dogs don't belong in a dog park. Mm-hmm. And they don't belong in the dog park because one, maybe they don't enjoy playing with other dogs. Okay. That the herding dog that you see chasing the other dogs, you see it as physical running and having a good time. Your herding dog is saying, oh, my God, I've got to get these guys all put in one place mm-hmm. because they're not where they're supposed to be. And it's all this anxiety of this inability to do the job. Yeah. So you see it as running and physical and having a great time. Your dog is probably feeling the anxiety and anxiousness of the genetic need to herd these dogs into a place. As you're doing your research on genetics, are you sort of changing your mindset on dog socialization, dog-dog socialization, as you're seeing that some breeds genetically are typically more, um, they do better with human direction and they're, they tend to be solo workers? Do you, know, you see that you can sort of change your mindset on on that or do you still think that you know, all dogs should have dog socialization. Well, I think that, that kind of a answer that in a couple of different ways. I think all dogs still need socialization with other dogs. Mm-hmm. However, I think that it's the quality, not the quantity. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm doing this uh, continuing education, uh, Kim Brophy, talking um, about the genetics of uh, the dogs and um, just, I mean, doing a lot of different parts of it. And, and you're going to get to hear Kim on our podcast. Um, I'm recording with her in November and super excited about it. But yeah, I am. I'm really changing a lot of my thoughts on dog parks, mm-hmm. on playing. And is a dog really having fun? Um, like a herding dog, you know, are they really having fun dealing with that? Um, so it, it's, I am, I'm changing a lot of my opinion of saying, okay, every dog could benefit from daycare unless they're, you know, physically incapable. Mm-hmm. And now I'm really changing that thought process. Okay. Uh, before I, I took genetics in consideration, but not to the extent of what I'm taking it now. So um, I'm definitely taking it a lot more as um, a directive mm-hmm. on what dogs need. So things like instead of letting Isabella, and she's our border collie mix, do too much problem solving, if she gets to a point where that frustration is in, I will direct her. So we're directing her a little bit more instead of letting her kind of play the game to see how it's going to work. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're whining. Well, how's that working for you? 
Mm-hmm. All right, well, that whining is just going to continue to build up, build up, build up. Because of her breed, she's used to having direction from humans and working closely with a human. So that direction may need to come in a little bit faster. Right. Than, say, I would with a guardian breed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I definitely see myself thinking a little differently. And and I think that's kind of what has sparked this entire thought process about dog parks and how not every dog is enjoying it when the humans think they're enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Um, One, I see a common issue that I see is people will take their dogs there. They take their um, tennis ball, their chuck it toy And they use the dog park as their own private backyard of throwing the ball for their dog. Mm -hmm. Because maybe they don't have a backyard. But here's the problem with that. If you have a dog who loves to fetch, maybe they're a, a, a hunting breed, a gun dog. And you're throwing the ball and they have to go get that ball. But they're having to go get that ball with 25 other dogs around that they don't know is going to try to take their ball or not. Mm-hmm. So them running after the ball really fast to get it, instinctual, they have to. It's what they do. They're retrievers, right? Have to go get the ball. You see it as running in joy to grab the ball and bringing it back and dropping it because that's what they do. Right. Where the dog may be running its, you know, as fast as it can to get the ball so nobody else gets it. Okay. And so that stress of having to go get the ball because of all these other dogs, not to mention, as I'm going to fetch this ball, I have another dog chasing me, not knowing what the intention is. Mm-hmm. Because the dog chasing the ball looks like trying to play a game of chase to the dog chasing the one going to get the ball. Right. So we have to ask ourselves, is it appropriate? And is my dog really, truly enjoying it? And a lot of people would say, well... If my dog didn't enjoy chasing the ball at the dog park, wouldn't he just not do it? Not necessarily. Maybe, but yeah. Like after you've been telling me all of these things about genetics. They can't help themselves. They're predisposed to that and it's their job, quote unquote job to get it. Yeah, they have. They have to. I think a lot of people think that a dog has to be trained to do something that they, um, were originally bred to do. Yeah. So when I would have people would say, well, I I got a Rottweiler and I want to train them to be protective. Yeah. You don't have to train that. Mm -hmm. They are a guardian breed with some herding. You don't have to train them to be protective. You just need to train it to modify it, you know, and control it. Correct. Right. Yes. To say, this Thank is you. appropriate. Yes, yeah, someone's coming into my house. I'm letting them in the house. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I've got this. I'm, you know. <laughs> Please I don't will, eat them. <laughs> I will let you know that this is what, you know, This is these are the rules here. Thanks for your, for your work. Right? It's like a Great Pyrenees. People that actually use Great Pyrenees as true livestock guardian dogs, you don't train them to do that. It's in their, it's, it's in their genetics. Which is why when people get a Great Pyrenees and put them in a neighborhood and call us complaining that they're barking at every child, every bicycle, that they go out at night and they bark at everything all night long and they want us to fix that, my recommendation would be move to the country. Yeah. Like you got a <laughs> so you got a dog that's doing its job. That's not the right environment for that dog. Yeah. Right. I, I saw um saw Isabella actually heard for the first time last week. Oh, that's right. I, it's something I've never seen truly. 
Um, probably not the most appropriate thing she did, but it happened. Uh, so uh, my my mom's landlord has some horses and I uh, took her over there. Didn't realize the horses were out. Let her kind of roam around. Next thing I know, I hear her barking and I hear hooves. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I turn around and she has herded two of the three horses back to the other horse and has put them all back together. And then she just walked over to me all happy. Like, like I did a thing. <laughs> I did a thing. I don't know what I did, but I did a thing. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful, though? I, you know, I mean, she obviously she didn't hurt them or anything. I mean, they were fine and they they've been around her before. And so they don't kick her, thankfully. Um, but it was just kind of funny. It's the first time I've ever seen her actually follow through with hurting something. Well, I think that she's kind of reached that finally that maturity mm-hmm. to where she's like, oh, so this that I'm feeling, <laughs> this is what you do with that. This is how this works. This is how this works. Yeah. So it, it really is. It's And so when we look at these dogs, you take a, something like Isabella or, or some herding breed to the dog park, they're running around may not be really fun for them because of the inability to put their sheep, quote unquote, mm-hmm. like into an area. Because all these other dogs are like, what are you doing? I'm just running. You're chasing me. This is fun. Yeah. And then they feel like they've done a shitty job. Mm-hmm. Like they suck at their job because <laughs> they couldn't get the dogs anywhere. Right. So you have to ask yourself, is the dog park the right place for your dog? I think that if your dog doesn't go and play with other dogs, um, that they're really more about the people, then don't take them to the dog park. Mm-hmm. Right. That means that they're that that many dogs at one time can be overwhelming to them. And they may be going to these other humans saying, please help me. Can you take me out of here? I don't like this. Right. Um, so we have to really look at that. There are other things that you can do that will actually be more enriching for your dog than the dog park. Physical exercise is good, but that's not going to satisfy your dog's needs. Mm-hmm. Increases their stamina, gives them energy. It doesn't satisfy really a lot of the genetic needs. I would say that instead of maybe taking your dog to the dog park, um, take them on a nice sniffy walk. Take a 30-foot lead, find an open space, and allow your dog just to roam this open area with a 30-foot leash, sniffing, rolling in the grass. And if you want to play fetch with the dog, get a 50-foot lead. Throw the ball, let the dog run to the end of the 50-foot lead. Get the ball, come back, and they they don't have to worry about all the other dogs trying to steal their ball. Right. Um, and then we're also going to be avoiding any type of resource guarding. And you may have a dog who does not resource guard your toy or a toy, but may start at the dog park. And then we'll start doing it with siblings at home. We'll start doing it with friends' dogs. And we've heard that before, not just from the dog park, but daycares. They, yes. They use toys in their daycare. Yeah. Where, you know, the dog's coming home and suddenly attacking brother and sister dog over a bone or a ball when it was, you know, they didn't do that before. Yeah. So it's it's not a really great idea. I don't like too many toys in daycare. Um, I'd rather daycare be about the dogs playing with each other and learning to have good social skills and uh, be able to read social cues and improve that. I don't think a ton of toys need to be a part. I definitely don't think that supervisors should be throwing the ball, playing tug with dogs. 
Right. They should not be playing fetch. They shouldn't be trying to get dogs to sit as a group to give treats out. Don't recommend that in daycares. But I do think that, you know, doing things that will meet your dog's needs genetically is going to be better. Playing some hunting games to where you hide a, a toy that smells really yummy. We um, Playology. Mm-hmm. So that is a toy company. Uh, the toys are called, it's Playology. And basically they have toys with odor to them. Um, and I think the odors can be like peanut butter. They've got beef, um, I think. Yeah, beef scented uh, rope. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got some uh, hard rubber toys. And what it is is they smell really good. So not only does the dog enjoy that scent while chewing on it and playing with it, but it also leaves the odor wherever the item is. So if you throw a toy, they can, you know, hunt it out, search it out, find the toy, but then also they can sniff around the ground where it is because the odor is going to get in that area. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So it allows the dog to really do a lot of fun and fun sniffy stuff. And that's what they need a lot of is sniffing. A lot of sniffing, um, a lot of nose work. Um, you know, walks are good, but not walks that are so regimented, like I've got to walk my dog two miles a day. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, was that two-mile walk, I've got to do this in like eight-minute miles? Or was that two-minute, that two-mile walk, two hours, because you just slow down, let the dog sniff, let the dog see things? You know, because a two-mile walk isn't always going to be the best thing for your dog, depending on how you do it. Right. So I really want people to start thinking about what does your dog truly enjoy instead of you thinking your dog is enjoying this, thinking this is the right thing to do with your dog? Um, dog parks are just not for everybody. And now if your dog goes to the dog park and goes there three days a week and, and has a buddy or two and he plays well and it's all great, good. Your dog still needs enrichment. Mm-hmm. So don't miss on the enrichment part. But your dog may be okay with that. But if you have a dog who's going to the dog park who is not playing with other dogs, um, may spend the whole time sniffing. If they seem that they're sniffing and they're not concerned about the other dogs, that might be okay. But if you have a dog who's sniffing but is on high alert because of the other dogs, then find another place for your dog to sniff. Yeah, That's that 30 or 50 foot leash in an open area. Um, I think that a lot of people use dog parks to exercise their dog without them having to do anything. Mm. And so there's no owner engagement. There's no owner engagement. Um, and that's an issue, right? And you can always tell there's an issue with owner engagement or even an owner relationship when those people at the dog park can't get their dog <laughs> to leave the dog park, <laughs> right? That's when you know that you were just basically the driver. You were their, yeah. you were their Uber driver to take them there, but they didn't really, you, there's no real relationship there. Mm-hmm. But having those, and I'm, and I'm not going to go through the enrichment of what we can do because we have past episodes for that. What I really want this episode to be about is getting people to really start thinking and looking at their dog as to what does my dog really, what do they really enjoy? Do they enjoy the activities I'm giving them? Right. So does Isabella really enjoy walking around the neighborhood? Well, I'm glad you asked. Well, thank you. She sure does now because I've changed the walk. It's now a sniffy walk, and it's more engaging for her now. We're not just doing the regimented walk. I mean, obviously, she still has, you know, 
to walk on a loose leash and you know, the rules are pay attention there. to me. But I found that by sort of giving her some control, uh, she actually walks better. Like where she wants to go, when yeah. she wants to stop. Yeah. So, ha. Actually, yeah. she does enjoy walking around the neighborhood. And that's great because... <laughs> but as long I, as it's not 85 degrees outside. Yeah, because 85 is way too hot for her. Um, that's great, though, because before she was not enjoying the walks because you were just trying to get her tired physically. Yeah, and I think I focused too much on manners. Right. Which, I mean, yes, you do have to focus on, but it was more... Um, you know, I'd say it's like a 90-10 walk where I was 90% in charge and she got 10% say, maybe. And now what and do you think the percentage is? It's more 51-49, which is your magic number. So you're, you're, <laughs> you still get final say-so. Yeah. But she has a lot more input. Yeah, absolutely. And so unless you she, need to override it. Yeah. No, I, we can't walk in the middle of the road. A car is coming. Mm-hmm. Then. Yeah. Or we, you know, can't stop at that mailbox. For the 40th time because, you know, their trash can is there or whatever, you know, or something is scary over there. Let's keep going. Yeah. So, and that, and I think that's important because you looked at her and said, okay, what I'm doing for you, I'm, and I'm doing this for you, but is it really for you? Right? Yeah. I mean, that was, it was really just, I think I felt guilty and needed to do something with her, didn't have the energy to go hike, so let's just go for a long walk. Well, you know, that wasn't what she wanted to do, and it wasn't wasn't doing anything for her. It just made me feel better. Right, like you did something for her. Yeah. Um, We get a lot of times people will call and say, I don't know what to do with this dog. I take them on a two-mile walk every day. They're still destroying my house. They're still barking all the time. They're still doing all this. And that's because people aren't really meeting the genetic needs. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, and truly uh, understanding that what activity you're doing with your dog may not be something they enjoy. And you can't force a dog to do something. If they don't enjoy it, don't force it. Right. Find something else. And, you know, and, and that's super important. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if your dog is exhibiting issues, say, you know, your dog is barking a lot. Well, don't just say, how do I stop the barking? But why? Why is my dog barking a lot? Right. Well, I took him on, I take him on a walk before I go to work. Okay, well, great. You just gave him more energy to do nothing when you're gone. Yeah. So you said, here, I'm going to give you a bunch of energy and then I'm going to put you in a crate for eight hours. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not it, right? But if you do some mental enrichment, then that dog is probably going to feel a little more satisfied. So I really want you to understand that don't focus so much on physical exercise. Don't force your dog to go to the dog park. Don't force your dog to play with other dogs. Let them make those decisions. Know if you are going to do some socialization with your dog, try to understand what your dog's preferences are. How do they like to play? What size do they like? Do they like males better or females better? You know, do they end up getting in altercations with a certain type of dog? Well, ask yourself why. Don't just go, oh, my dog's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Right? Why is my dog doing that? So just know that don't don't keep following all these guidelines of you got to physically walk your dog. You got to have a fenced in yard. You got to let them run. You, gotta, you know what? You don't. Um, there are a lot of things you can do to meet your dog's needs. If you live in a condo, you don't have to go let your dog run at the dog park. You can take a 50 foot lead. 
You can allow your dog to do some enrichment there, get some physical exercise. You can find probably a fenced-in area like a ball field or a tennis court and let your dog just flat out run or sign them up for daycare once or two days, one to two times, you know, two times a week and let them just all out run if that's what you're concerned with. Running all out of the dog park may not be the best idea because you're probably going to have a herding dog Mm -hmm. um, or five that are there that are all fighting over how to get your sheep to do something, which causes a lot of issue and stress on your dog because now your dog's running trying to get out some of this energy and they've got five dogs chasing, but they don't like to play chase. Right. But they can't stop running because they're scared what's going to happen if they stop running. All right. So I just really wanted to, this was a really a thought, which I think a lot of our episodes are more of kind of thought provoking episodes, which is kind of what I enjoy doing. Um, but I just think that, that you really need to look at your dog as an individual, understand the genetic needs. If you've not done a DNA on your test, DNA on your test, yeah, a DNA test on your dog, I'd recommend it so that you understand kind of what those genetic uh, components look like. Don't just think that your dog is something. Uh, do a test, and we're going to do one on Isabella because mm-hmm. we're pretty sure she's majority border collie. But I'm going to be curious to see what else is going to come out of there. Um, but just really get to know your dog and understand what your dog likes. And and you may enjoy going to the dog park for the socialization, but that's not really what that's for. If you want to do something with your dog and you really want to have that relationship, you need to do something with your dog. Don't take your dog, go play the playground so I can go talk to the other parents and get my social time in. Right. That's not the place for you to have social time. That's the place to watch your dog, watch the other dogs, um, Interrupt your dog if you need to. Help your dog in situations that they are having problems with. Or remove your dog when it's appropriate. Because another dog is bullying them or they're starting to get anxious. And especially if you've had a dog that used to enjoy the dog park and now does not, ask yourself why. Yeah. And you need to find other ways to give your dog some uh, meaningful enrichment, meaningful exercise. Which is why I'm really torn on what I'm going to get. <laughs> I want a terrier mix, but I don't want digging in my yard. Uh, you know, well, I want a terrier Isabella mix. will help that dog learn how to do that. Right. I don't want a terrier mix because I don't want them chasing my cats. Um, so, yeah, it, it's crazy when you really start thinking about it. Um, you know, so that's, that's kind of what I wanted to throw out there today. You got any last words of wisdom over there? I do not. You're playing with your fidgety skull. Yeah. We bought these tons of these small little skulls um, that the jaws open. Britt's been using it as a little fidgety. It's the Um, skull, like the top of its skull comes off. It's like a a miniature medical grade (laughs) skull. Um, She broke it because she fidgeted too hard. But that's okay. We have have like 20 more. That's what anxiety does. She she broke the jaw. Yeah, so so what are you going to do with Isabella this afternoon for her enrichment? Uh, we are we are going to. This is her favorite kind of weather. It's sort of rainy, cloudy, cold, awful. Uh, anyway, <laughs> she she misses that Ireland <laughs> I know, weather. That must be it. Uh, so we're we're gonna find a place to do some uh, long leash work or um, you know hiking, sniffies, good that sort of thing. Um, she's been doing a lot of lickety mat lately, which she loves. Even the 15-year-old got into it. Yeah. Jake enjoyed it. He was all about that. So 
Um, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go get in the enrichment box tomorrow because, you know, the weather's starting to get, you know, blah. Yeah. Um, so we need to focus on some indoor stuff. Well, good. So you'll be posting those on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I figure out something new for her because um, she's sort of over the uh, toilet paper rolls in the box hunting kind of thing. So. Oh, so I wouldn't say she's over it. It's just you know she's, she's like that's so easy. It's easy. I need something new to do. Yeah. So all right, we're well, gonna good. be coming up with some new stuff to do. And if you guys have any ideas, if you come up with some things, um, shoot us an email. Let us know what you've been doing. Uh, there are a couple good canine enrichment pages that um, are on Facebook that have some really good ideas. Uh, can we post those to our Facebook or Instagram mm-hmm. so we can link to those? Yeah. Um, and, or we could always link to them, I guess, in the show notes too, but it's, uh, you know, always just trying to come up with some good ideas and fun ideas and not just know that not every enrichment is going to be the right enrichment for every dog. So you just want to get a little creative with it. So that's for know, sure. For sure. So, all right. Well, I hope you guys have a great week and I hope you've enjoyed this episode and, and I really want you to start thinking about what your dog really truly enjoys and are they really enjoying the dog park and is that the right place for your dog? Um, it may not be. And and so we really want to take a look at it and make sure that we're meeting our dog's needs um, to the best of our ability. So we do appreciate you guys and please do follow us on Facebook and Instagram and uh, give shoot us an email if you've got any ideas for enrichment or what you've been doing or as usual, any ideas for podcast episodes, let us know. We'd love to hear from our listeners. And uh, when will we have our shirts? When can we start to tell people about our shirts? November? That's next week? It, yeah, sometime in Some, no- November. Sometime in November, she said. <laughs> I don't know That's yet. what we got. All right, guys. I hope, uh, hope you have a great rest of the week.